Amen. Well, we are in week five of our parable series, Stories Jesus Told. Uh, it's been a fun series. We're just going to kind of hang out this summer and talk about uh, the stories Jesus told. Because uh, Jesus told a lot of stories. Uh, he, was, he was a teacher who spoke in story form many times. So if he wanted someone to, to know someone and to, or to know something and really understand it, he would teach in stories. It was a common teaching way back in the day, back in Jesus' time, to be able to teach in this story form. And Jesus was pretty masterful at it. But this, this series is, we're going to continue on to this series. Really, we've been kind of just, just running along with Jesus. You know, what, is, what stories is he telling? What can we learn from these stories? Who is he speaking to? What is he trying to teach them? What is he trying to teach us as we read these stories? And so far, uh, we've just We've been in Luke 18, uh, talking about the Pharisee and the tax collector. This is uh, kind of a humorous story, in my mind, of the Pharisee who, who goes in and he prays, like, thank God I'm not like that person. You know? And the, the tax collector comes in and he says, well, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. And Jesus says, this is the one who walked away justified. We talked about humility that week. And then the next week, talked about Matthew chapter 7. At the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talking about the wise and foolish builders, the one who built on sand and the one who built on rock. And we talked about obedience because Jesus says the one who builds on rock is the one who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Talk about obedience that week. And then we looked at Luke 10 last week, the story of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus kind of flips this, this question of who do I love? Who's my neighbor? And he tells the story of the Good Samaritan and he flips it. He says, who, who was the neighbor? Who was the one that loved? Talk about just, just loving everyone, regardless. The story of the Good Samaritan. And uh, I say we're in week five. I've done three of them. Jason did one. Jason, Pastor Jason was here talking through Mark chapter four, a little bit at the beginning there, about talking about the, the parable of the sower. And uh, I left that one for last because we're actually going to pick up this morning where Jason left off. If you want to go to Mark chapter 4, uh, you can go there with me. Uh, Mark chapter 4 in, in the Pew Bibles, if you need it, is on page 861. Uh, Jason stopped at verse 9. Uh, we're going to keep going a little bit this morning because after verse 9, we have verse 11 that says this. The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. Verse 26 this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seed on the ground. Verse 30. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable should we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed. We have these, these parables about the kingdom of God that Jesus, that Jesus talks about in Mark chapter 4. And that's really what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God this morning. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God this morning in light of the stories that Jesus told about the kingdom of God. The story that Jason used is a story about the kingdom of God. You know, but, but before we even really get into that, I think we first need to just talk about this term that Jesus is using, this term, the kingdom of God. It's not a new term in the book of Mark. In fact, if you go back just a few pages to Mark chapter 1 with me, if you're with me in Scripture, Mark chapter 1 verse 15 is the very first words that we see Jesus use in the book of Mark. And here's what he is, comes, in, comes in proclaiming. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus, from the very beginning in the book of Mark, comes in proclaiming the kingdom of God. What is... The kingdom of God. When we talk about kingdom of God, what are, we, what are we talking about? The kingdom of God is essentially this. The kingdom of God is 
the redemptive rule and reign of God. Any kingdom has a king. The kingdom of God implies that God is the king. Right? Kingdom of God, God is the king. And as king, he is on a mission of redemption. We see this all throughout scripture. The kingdom of God is the redemptive rule and reign of God. And just as a side note, you'll see some other terms as you're reading scripture. You'll see things like kingdom of heaven, kingdom of Christ, kingdom of God. Those are not three kingdoms. There's not going to be a battle wage for the kingdom of of all of those things, right? This is one kingdom that we're talking about. This is the kingdom of God. Uh, And I think really we need to kind of realize something this morning as we're talking about the kingdom of God. It is easy for us when we're talking about the kingdom of God because it it seems far off. It's easy for us to say, the kingdom of God is something that we look forward to in the future. When my life here on earth is done, I will then be a part of the kingdom of God. This is a, a short-sighted view of the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is more than just something that happens out there. The kingdom of God is here now. Just listen to the words that Jesus used in Mark chapter 1. The kingdom of God has what? The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God is here. He says the same thing or similar thing in the book of Matthew as well. The kingdom of God is a present reality for us right now. We are currently in the kingdom of God. If you have said yes to Jesus, you are a part of the kingdom of God right now in this moment. It is a present reality for us. And I think if we, if we only see the kingdom of God as something that happens far off, something that happens once we die, then we sell off, we sell short on the kingdom of God. And honestly, I think we sell ourselves short in our faith. Because I think if we, if we only see the kingdom of God out there, we will fail to live as God is calling us to live as citizens of the kingdom right now. But if we only see the kingdom here, then we don't really quite grasp the full reality of what the kingdom of God is supposed to be in the future. You see, it's a both and thing. There's a term we use in theology that the kingdom of God is already not yet. (laughs) Kingdom of God is already not yet. What does that mean? It means we are already in the kingdom of God. But we have not yet realized the fullness of the kingdom of God and we won't until we get there. But the kingdom of God is now. And we live our lives right now as citizens of the kingdom of God. And Jesus, in the book of Mark chapter 4, tells us some parables that help us maybe understand a little bit more the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God like? What does it mean to be in the kingdom of God? Actually, Matthew has a bunch of these in chapter 13 as well, one of which is one of the same that we're going to read if you want to go read some more kingdom parables because again this is kind of a this is really if there was a case study of why to teach in parables the kingdom of God is probably a great study because the kingdom of God is just such a big idea it's it's kind of out there it's kind of we don't fully grasp it because we can't fully grasp it and so Jesus when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God he talks in terms that people know he tells stories things that people can grasp And this is what we see in Mark chapter 4. And uh, we'll start this morning in Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 26. 
We're going to go actually, we're going to do a two for one special today, two parables, okay? Uh, so we're going to go two for one this morning. First one is this, and it starts in verse 26, and two for one because they're, they're really short. All right. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Simple story. <laughs> Might be told like this. There's this guy who throws some, fields, some seeds in the field. He goes to sleep. He wakes up. He does that a bunch of times. And then there's a harvest. This is what the kingdom of God is like. Now you can think, this isn't like what? <laughs> like, this, is, this is just kind of a, a weird story, Jesus. But there's, I, I want to just let, dig a little deeper here because Jesus has been using farming imagery for a little bit now. We saw at the beginning of Mark chapter 4 in the parable of the sower, the different kinds of soil that the seed comes into, uh, you know, the, the good soil, the thorny soil, some fell on the path. We see all of this. But in verse 14 of Mark chapter 4, says this, the word or the seed is the word of God. Jesus explains this parable, right? The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. I want to I pull that into this parable of the growing seed. Amen. The seed is the word of God. And Jesus is saying, this is how my kingdom works. If the word is planted, it will grow. Amen. If the word is planted, it will grow. What role do we play in this? <laughs> well, this guy just... He planted the word, he slept, he woke up, he slept, he woke up, and then there was a harvest. We, we, we plant the word within us. If the word is planted, I think the word can do miraculous work in and through our lives with no help from ourselves. Only the work of the Spirit is what does this. Only the work of God uses the word within us to do some amazing things. And it might not be an extravagant miracle every single day. All right, this guy, it's, it's not like this. The story didn't go like this. There was this guy. He planted a seed in his yard. He went to bed. And when he woke up, there was a tree where he planted that seed. That is not how this story goes. The story says he planted it. He went to bed. He woke up. He, he did nothing. There was, there wasn't a, and, and then eventually, there was a harvest. Right. What was what was this farmer's job? He was the one who who planted the seed. He planted the seed and, and in this case he planted the word of God within himself. And he allowed the word of God to do the work that the word of God does within him. So tomorrow when you get up, I want you to do this. I want you to try and just grab onto a verse. I don't know. You can do whatever method you want to do. You can do just the open and point method. It doesn't really matter. I, I want you to just get a verse and just meditate on that verse tomorrow. What do you do? I want you to plant a verse tomorrow. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to, just to, to plant that verse 
meditate on that verse and see what kind of harvest God brings up. See what kind of things God will do in your life through that verse, through what, through what you have planted there, through what he does in there. I want you to notice something about this farmer, though. Number one, he didn't just plant a seed and then see growth the next day. He was patient. Number two, he also didn't plant the seed and then the next morning go dig it up to check on the seed and, and make sure it was right and then replant the seed. He wasn't, he wasn't all around the seed. He was patient. And he trusted that the seed would do seed things. I think we can take the same approach to the word of God. We plant the word of God within ourselves. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a conversation or I've been talking with someone. I've been, I read something and a verse would pop into my mind. One that I hadn't even read recently, but it was just a verse that popped into my mind. Why does that happen? Because I've planted the word of God in me. And, and when, it, when it needs to, that word will, will pop out. I, I will see the evidence of the word of God being planted in my life. Right? The proverb says, I've hidden your word in my heart. This is what we're talking about. The kingdom of God is this. A man scattered seeds on the ground. It doesn't even say he planted them. I just realized that. It doesn't even say he planted them. He just scattered seeds on the ground. He went to bed. He woke up. He went to bed. He woke up. And at some point there was a harvest. This is what the kingdom of God is like. I just want to, sometimes it can get a bit discouraging. You know, we're, we're, we see ourselves and we're, we're, <clears throat> we're reading the word. We're in the word, we're praying. We're trying to be that guy who's scattering seeds on the ground. And it can be frustrating sometimes when we don't see the fruit of that. When you don't see anything happen. We're reading, we're working, we're trying our best to be in the word and to pray and to build a relationship with God and I just want to say something. Sometimes it takes a little bit for a seed to take root. And sometimes it takes a while for the seed to sprout. And sometimes it takes a while for us to even realize what kind of seed we even planted. Have you ever gardened and you planted something and later on you're like, I don't remember planting that. <laughs> I thought we planted this. I thought we planted something else and something else Comes up. Sometimes it takes a while for us to even realize what kind of seed was planted. But we can trust that God is moving and working in the seed. But plant the seed, the word of God, in our lives. And allow God to move and speak and let it simmer. The word of God is a lot like chili. I don't know if I've ever said that before. Chili gets better the longer you let it simmer. I don't know if you know that. You let that simmer, you let all the flavors kind of meld together. The final product is better than if you would have just eaten it right after it got hot. The word of God is the same. You put it in, you let it simmer for a little bit, you just let it it be, let let the flavors meld, then God does something really special with all those flavors. God does something really special with that seed. This is what the kingdom of God is like. He starts again in verse 30. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. There's just another really 
great picture here. Mustard seeds are, I don't know if you know this, really small. That even says they're one of the smallest seeds. Mustard seeds are really small. They're about a millimeter in diameter. It says when you, when you plant this mustard seed, it grows up to these giant trees. This is what the kingdom of God is like. Small seed, big tree. I was thinking about this this week, and I don't, well, I don't want to spend too much time. This is not what I was thinking about this week. I do want to say this, though. I'll get on my little Old Testament soapbox here for a second. There's some really cool connections here with what's going on in the Old Testament. The book of Ezekiel talks about the nations and talking about God bringing salvation to the nations. And as he talks about this, he talks about the nations as being different kinds of birds. And in the end of Ezekiel chapter 17, there's this passage where God basically says, I'm going to be planting my tree at the top of this mountain in Israel. And the birds of, basically all the birds, will come and nest in my tree. Daniel chapter 4. King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And this dream is about all these different kind of birds coming to the tree. All right, this tree and birds imagery is one that carries over from the Old Testament. That's one, like I said, it, when you're reading parables, sometimes you have to put yourself there and you don't have to understand. Some of these people would, would understand some of this imagery because this is what they, this is what they know. Right, and you have this, this imagery here in, in Mark chapter 4. He says, you know, this mustard seed, it's, it starts really small and grows into this giant tree where the birds will come and they will nest. The birds will come and they will, they will nest in the shade. I don't think the imagery here is, is really accidental. And then I want you to think about this. Who is he speaking to here? Speaking to the disciples, speaking to a group. Think about what the disciples are hearing at this point. The kingdom of God is like a small seed that grows into a big tree. I'm super oversimplifying this. But, but now I want you to think where 2,000 plus years later, we are that tree. We are the tree. What started as a very small seed, the gospel, now has billions of people who have joined the kingdom because of the small seed that was started over 2,000 years ago. I think about that. I think about the disciples. I think about this, you know, this ragtag group that's hearing Jesus' words. And then I realize, you know, that, that same seed is, is in us. That same seed that they planted, that they, that they planted, that grew into what we have as the church today, this, this kingdom of God, right? That, that we, we are part of this. That same seed is in each and every one of us today. And this seed, this word, this gospel, this kingdom, it's not just for us to, to kind of soak it in. It's for us to scatter, like that first farmer. Scattered, scattered seeds, and they grew it wasn't even, when I read that, I don't, I, when I read that parable of the growing seed, I don't picture a farmer being very intentional about making these rows of seeds. When I hear that word scatter, I, my, the picture that, maybe you're different, maybe the picture that comes to my mind is just kind of like, I'm scattering seeds. Just tossing them out, 
seeing what will happen. This is where we get back to the parable that Jason talked about at the beginning of Matthew chapter 4. Where those seeds fall is, can be different. But our job is to scatter the seeds. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seeds and they grew. This is what the kingdom of God is like. There's a mustard seed, one of the smallest seeds in the world, that grows into a large tree where the birds can come and build their nests in the shade. This is what the kingdom of God is like. See, as participants in and citizens of the kingdom of God, I think this imagery is actually really helpful for us. It might not seem like it on its face, but I think it is. I think it can be. Because here's, here's what I want to see. It makes no sense for a farmer to go out into the field and keep the seeds in his pocket. Unfortunately, I think that's what a lot of Christianity has become today. We're not, we're not as good about being intentional about scattering seeds, about talking with people, about God, about just even planting a seed with a, with a friend or a coworker or, or wherever it may be. I, I don't want to be tempted to, to just hold the seeds in our pocket. Because in both of these pictures, and even in the first one that Jason talked about at the beginning of Mark chapter 4, what happens to those seeds? They grow. No matter what kind of soil they're in. They're going to grow. Thorny soil might choke them out. But they're going to grow a little bit. It's our job to plant the seeds and to scatter the seeds. This is what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like a man who scattered seeds and they grew. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. A seed as small as, I don't know. It's a millimeter wide, small seed. Grows into a big tree where birds from everywhere can bring shade. There's growth implied in both of these. And actually in most of the kingdom of God parables. There's growth implied. Here's what I want to do. I don't want to be a person who just keeps the seeds in my pocket. I don't want to be a church that keeps our seeds in our pocket, I think the king of the kingdom has commissioned us as citizens and participants in the kingdom of God to go said, spread the seeds of the gospel, to go out and, and spread them, to go out and share, to go out and, and cultivate, to go out and at some point there's going to be a harvest. I really do believe that's what God has called us to do. This is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what the kingdom of God is like. Let's, let's go out this week and not keep seeds in our pocket. And let's go out this week and celebrate the seeds that we have seen growth in. Just this morning, we, we baptized three kids. There's some growth in those seeds. Amen. Each and every one of us can scatter. Each and every one of us can and spread our seeds of the kingdom. Let's be, let's be people who spread the seeds of the kingdom of God. And let's be people who see the kingdom of God as a present reality and not just something that we look forward to eventually.
because it is. We are here right now in the kingdom of God, first and foremost as believers. Let's pray.